0: Book Four, Chapter Six to Twelve of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de la Lobera, translated by Robert Southey. Book Four, Chapter Six. How all the knights were greatly anxious for the service and honor of the princess Oriana great reason is there that the cause wherefore all these knights were so ready and desirous to expose themselves to such danger for this lady's sake should be known and not remain in oblivion was it peradventure for the bountiful favors which they had from her received or was it because they knew the secret of her love with amadis and for this reason were so zealous to serve both him and her Certus, I would tell you, that neither the one nor the other of these reasons was that which so disposed them to her service. For though she was of such high rank, yet had it never been in her power to show her bounty, for she possessed nothing more than a poor damsel. And as for what regarded her love for Amadis, you have already read in this great history with what secrecy that was concealed. But a cause there must have been, and would you know what it was? Why, this princess was the gentlest and of the best breeding, and of the most courtesy, and the most affable and humble, that lived in those times, and ever was disposed to honour and demean herself to every one, according to his merits. And this is a net and a bond whereby the great, who act thus, can bind many to their service that would else be little bound to serve them. Now, after Don Brian of Monchaste had thus spoken, and had accosted Queen Sardamira, and the other princesses and the lady gracinda agraeus and florestan addressed oriana and respectfully told her what the knights had deputed them to say the which she well approved leaving them to follow their own judgment in these affairs of which knights could better judge than women but she besought them ever to bear in mind an inclination and desire to be at peace with her father if so be that could be brought about to their honor for her sake and for her reputation this done, Oriana, leaving Florestan and Don Brian in talk with Queen Sartamira, took Agrius by the hand, and leading him apart, said, Good sir, and my true brother Agrius, albeit the confidence and trust which I have in Amadis and in all these noble knights is very great, yet have I greater confidence in you, being brought up in the house of the king your father, and having been so cherished by the queen your mother, who gave me Mabilia to be my companion and such a friend had she been that i may well say that as to god i owe the gift of life so to her do i owe the preservation of it which but for her prudence and consolations would ere this have been lost more especially since for my ill hap the romans came to my father's house for her sake and for the remembrance of all these things will i reveal to you what i keep secret from all else but for the present i only beseech you that laying aside all wrath and resentment against my father you would labor to bring about peace and concord between him and your cousin Amadis, for you know that by reason of their great spirits and the enmity which hath so long endured between them, they will not lightly yield to persuasion. But if by your endeavor this could be brought about, not only would the death of so many good men as else must perish be prevented, but my fair name and honor, which may else be called in question, will be thus manifestly justified.' To this Agaius courteously and humbly made answer, "'With great reason may, and ought I, to assent to all lady that you have said. The wish of my father and of my mother is by all their means to increase your honor and dignity, as by their deeds shall soon appear. For my sister Marbilia and myself, I need only say, that all our actions show how entirely we desire your service.' true it is lady that i above all others am most displeased with the king your father for i have witnessed all the great and signal services which have been wrought for him by amadis and by all us of his lineage as is to all the world notorious and i also was witness to the thanklessness and ingratitude wherewith he requited us for never did we ask of him other guerdon than the island of mongaza for my uncle don galvanus which island was won to the great honour of his court to the more imminent danger of his life, who was the winner than man can think or express, as you, my good lady, beheld with your own eyes. Yet neither did that avail, nor all our service, nor the great deserts of my uncle, that we could procure so small a mead, which should then have remained in the king's vassalage, instead thereof, he rejected our supplication, as though instead of his servant he had been his enemy.' I cannot therefore deny but that in my heart I should rejoice to serve against him, till he should be reduced to such a state, that all the world might see how greatly to his loss he had wronged and insulted us. But as man obtains favor in the sight of God, in proportion as he curbs and conquers his own will for his service, so, lady, will I for your sake practice this self-denial, and repress my own anger, that by this difficult service you may see how truly I desire to obey you but I must do this warily, lest it should intimidate others to see me acting the mediator whom they know to be so earnest in the quarrel. So I beseech you, let it be, replied Oriana, and good friend, act to this intent in what manner you think best. Having ended this talk, they returned to the company. But Agaius could hardly refrain his eye from fixing upon Olinda, whom he loved so well, that by that love he had been enabled to pass under the arch of true lovers, howbeit, remembering his high birth and duties, he now repressed his inclinations, till it should be seen how all these things would end. So, having conversed together a while, the knights cheering the ladies, who women-like were afraid by all these preparations, they returned to their companions with the answer of Oriana. Then, without delay, they began to put in execution what they had resolved, and sent ambassadors to king Lizuarte, and the office was unanimously assigned to don quadragante and don brian of manchester as two knights well befitting such an embassy chapter seven how amadis spake with grazinda and what she replied meantime amadis went to the apartment of grazinda whom he greatly loved and esteemed not only for her own merits but for the honours and good offices which he had received at her hands So, having seated himself on the Estrado beside her, he said, If, lady, you are not now served as I earnestly desire and wish to serve you, let your goodness pardon, for the time, as you see, is in fault. And of this, as your judgment will perceive it to be so, I shall say nothing more. But instead, I am come to learn what may be your pleasure and farther will. It is now long since you have been absent from your own country, and I know not if peradventure that may trouble you but whatsoever you may will, that shall I labor to perform. Grosinda answered, "'Sir, if I did not feel that from your company and friendship I have acquired greater honor than could by any other fortune have befallen me, and that whatever service I may have been able to render you in my own country has been well satisfied and repaid, I might well be held the most thankless person in the world. But this is known and evident to all, and therefore, sir, I will explain to you my whole desire.' I see how many knights and princes are assembled in aid of this princess, and I perceive that you, my good sir, are he to whom they all look up, so that all their hope and confidence of success is in your courage and wisdom, and you cannot, considering your good heart and high renown, but feel yourself the chief and leader in this danger. Perforce, therefore, must you call upon your friends and all who are beholden to you for their succour, and as one of them do I account myself.' "'This, therefore, is my will, that master Elizabeth should forthwith return to my country, and summon all my friends and vassals to make ready, and come with a great fleet to serve you, sir, when and where it may please you to appoint. Meantime I will remain in the company and service of this lady, and not leave her or you till the end of this business shall show me what course I then ought to pursue.' when amadis heard her speak thus he embraced her with a cheerful countenance and said truly i believe that if all other virtue and nobleness should perish from out of the world it might from you my good lady be reproduced since it pleases you let it be so and as master Helisabad is thus going on your bidding albeit it will be to him much toil yet shall he bear my bidding to the emperor of constantinople for considering the gracious proffers which he made me and a little reason which, as I then learned, he has to be satisfied with the Emperor of Rome, with whom my quarrel principally lies, I hold myself assured that he will willingly send to succour me as though I had done him good service. Grisinda approved of this design, observing that Master Elizabeth would think little of any toil undertaken in his behalf. Then Amadis said, Since it is your pleasure, lady, to abide here with this princess, it is reasonable that as the other ladies and princesses are lodged with her so also should you that you may receive from her those courtesies and honours which you so well deserve upon this he called his fosterer don gandales and bade him tell Ariana of the great desire which grazina had to serve her and request her to receive her on his part but Ariana gladly received her with all due thankfulness not so much for her present services as for the good offices she had formerly rendered amadis and for the preservation of her own life when she preserved his by giving him master elizabeth for a companion this being done and master elizabeth being ready with a good will to depart amadis wrote thus to the emperor of constantinople most high emperor the knight of the green sword who by his own proper name is called amadis of Gaul sense to kiss your hands, and to remind you of what, more by reason of your own nobleness and goodness, than of his deserts, you were pleased to offer him. For a time is now come wherein I need the help of your Highness, and of all my friends and well-wishers, who desire to follow reason and justice. Upon this, Master Elizabeth is instructed fully. I beseech you, give ear to his embassy, and let it have that effect on which I rely.' Having finished this and delivered his formal letters of credence to Master Elizabeth, the master took his leave of Amadis and of his lady Grisinda and set sail. Chapter 8 How Amadis Sent a Messenger to Queen Briolania. After Amadis had dispatched the master, he called for Tamtyles, who was high steward to the fair Queen Briolania, and said to him, My good friend, "'I would now that you should take that trouble and concern for me "'which I would take in whatever concerned you. "'You see in what manner my honour is now staked, "'and how greatly it may now be increased or otherwise tarnished. "'Go then to your lady, and tell her all that you have witnessed, "'and that it behoves her to summon all her friends and vassals, "'that they may be ready when need shall be. "'Say to her, that what so nearly concerns me, concerns her also, "'for she knows that in losing me she would lose her servant.' answered this will i do without delay and make you no doubt but that there could nothing happen so to rejoice the queen my mistress as to learn that she can now make manifest the great love and good will with which she will perform whatever you can require from her kingdom be you sure that when the time comes i shall be ready to return with such array as such a lady ought to send to him from whom under god she has received her kingdom he then received his letters of credence and incontinently put to sea then Amadis took gandolin apart and said friend gandolin whether or no i need the aid of my friends and kinsmen in this necessity wherein perforce i have placed myself you well can judge sorely therefore as i shall feel your absence yet it is now expedient that you should depart from me you know we have resolved to call upon all our friends for succour and though i have good hope in many to whom i have rendered good service as you know and trust that they will now repay the debt of gratitude which they owe me yet have i most confidence in king perion my father that he whether reason or not were on my side will hasten to my help you are the man who can best and most fully explain the whole to him and shame and sorrow would it be to him if i who am his son and his eldest son could not give these two princes their fit answer when they come up against me but before you go speak with my cousin mabilia and learn whether she hath any bidding to her aunt or to my sister melicia and speak also with my lady oriana for mine she is and though she be secret toward all other to only you will she discover what may be her will meantime i will make ready your letter of credence and therein I will request that Melissia may come hither to be in Oriana's company. So shall her virtues and great beauty be seen by many, as they have already been heard of. All this Gandalin promised to perform. Meantime Agaius spake with Don Gandalus, the fosterer of Amadis, and sent him to Scotland for aid, nor was there need to ride by him, for so many years had he been trusted and found trustworthy that he was rather regarded like a counsellor and kinsman. Than, as a vessel, and he, with all diligence and earnestness, prepared to perform this embassy because it nearly concerned Amadis, whom above all others in the world he most loved. Chapter Nine. How Don Quadragante spake with his nephew London and told him to go to Ireland and speak with the queen, his niece, that she might allow his vessels to come and serve him. Don Quadrata, also, on his part, spake with his nephew London the good knight, saying, Beloved nephew, it is necessary that you depart for Ireland with all speed, and speak there with the queen my niece in private, so that King Kildadan know not your errand, for he being sworn vassal to King Luzwarte, there is no reason that he should know the thing. Tell her how we are circumstanced, and that though so many good knights are here, yet they make great account, and place great trust in me, as you, nephew, behold.' considering what I am and of what lineage, and say to her that I beseech her in her kindness to permit as many of her people as shall be so disposed to come serve me, for tell her that in contests like these such changes oftentimes take place that states and kingdoms are overthrown and vassals become lords, and they who were the lords are reduced to vassalage. She therefore should not fear to grant my request. Do you then with what aid you may thus obtain and with my friends and vassals, fit out a fleet, and be ready to obey my call. Landin replied that by God's help he would procure a good answer to his demand. So he embarked on board one of the Roman ships, and went his way. And Don Brunio bade his squire depart with letters to the Marquise, his father, and to his brother Branfil, and beseech him to collect forces for their help. "'Lacindo, my good friend,' said he, you must perceive that, though so many good knights are here in this quarrel, yet Amadis is the most nearly concerned, and much as the love which we bear each other would influence me to serve him, yet am I the more bound to this duty, seeing that he is brother to my lady Melicia, Though he had been mine enemy, I should now have been bound to serve him for her sake. How much more when he is the man in the world whom I love best! "'I, therefore, above all others, am most concerned to support his honour. "'Of this you will say nothing, but do you persuade my father to this succour which so "'concerns my honour now? "'Of Branville, my brother, I am already assured, and well I know that he would rather have "'had his part in what has already passed than have won an empire, for all his delight "'is in honourable feats of chivalry.' "'You need say no more, sir,' replied Lasindo. By God's help I shall procure you such succour that your lady shall be well served, and your own renown greatly increased. So he embarked and put to sea. Now this Lacindo was a right good squire, and of good lineage, and with true love and true good will did he now go upon his master's service. CHAPTER TEN HOW AmADIS sent to the King of Bohemia but amadis never ceased to think how he might best provide for his defence because his lady was now to be by him protected he called isanjo whom he had found governor of the firm island when he made the conquest thereof good sir said he and my good friend i know your virtue and your prudence and the desire which you have ever shown to promote my honour and therefore will i now impose some labour upon you for considering the quality of him to whom i am about to send it behoves to employ so worthy a messenger you shall go to king taphenor of bohemia and take him my letters and tell him the confidence i have in his friendship he is a right noble king and offered me his assistance with a free good will when i left his court sir quoth isanjo this employment is an honour not a trouble be assured that even to death i should rejoice to serve you then Amadis wrote thus noble king taphenor of bohemia if when i abode in your house as an errant knight it was my good fortune to render you any service i hold myself well repaid by the honours and good offices which i there received from you and from all of your court and if i now send to request your help in my necessity it is because i know how nobly and virtuously you have desired with your utmost power to uphold the right cause the knight who bears this letter will inform you of all that has passed give him full confidence and I trust this embassy will have the like success that your bidding would have found with me. Isancho then gave order that a ship should be prepared for his departure. CHAPTER Eleven: HOW GANDALIN SPAKE WITH MOBILIA AND ORIANA, AND WHAT THEY BADE HIM SAY TO AMADIS. All these messengers had now departed save only Gandalin. He went to the garden wherein the tower stood, and where, as you have heard, no man was permitted to enter without the especial leave of the princes the entrance being kept only by women. He coming to the garden gate bade those within say to Mabilia that Gandalin was preparing to sail for Gaul and would speak with her before his departure. When Mabilia repeated this to Oriana, she was right glad of Gandalin's coming and gave orders that he should be admitted. So he having entered, fell on his knees before her and kissed her hand and then said to Mabilia according as his master had commanded him. Upon that, Mabilia said aloud to Oriana, "'that all might hear. "'Gandalin is going to Gaul. "'What now will you say to the Queen and to my cousin Melicia? "'Oriana replied that she should rejoice to have the opportunity of sending to them, "'and then she went and joined Mabilia and Gandalin as they were talking apart. "'Ah, friend Gandalin,' said she, "'what think you of my forward fortune? "'The thing in the world which I have most desired "'is to be where thy master should never be out of my sight. "'And now that fate hath thrown me into his power.' "'and we are so circumstanced that, both for his honour and for my own, I dare not see him. "'If you could know what my heart suffers because of this, sure am I that you would pity me. "'Now tell him this to comfort him and to excuse me, "'and tell him to devise some means that he and the other knights may visit me, "'and that we may talk in presence of all without suspicion.' "'Ah, lady,' Gandalin replied, "'great reason have you to give comfort to that knight.' much greater sorrow would you feel than you now suffer if i could tell you what he has endured in the fortunes that we have passed through the feats in arms which he achieved are such that no other could have performed or even in his heart imagined them in such straits hath his absence from you placed him but it is useless now to talk thus do you only show kindness to him for verily i believe that your life depends on his my true friend quoth oriana that you may truly say. Without him, life would be to me far more grievous than death. But go tell him what I have said. Howbeit, before he went, Oriana said to him in a loud voice that she would write to Queen Alessina and to the Princess Melicia, and Gandolin requested that she would speedily send the letters, for the other messengers were already departed, and he alone remained. Then Gandolin went to Amadis and told him all that Oriana had said. Amadis, after he had mused a while, replied, "'I will tell you how this may be brought about. Go to Agaias, and tell him you have spoken with his sister Mabilia on account of your journey to Gaul, and that she hath said it would be well if he could bring the knights to see and encourage Oriana, for her situation is so serious and so strange that she needs all encouragement. But tell me, concerning her, did she seem sorrowful?' Gandolin replied, you sir well know her fortitude and that she will discover nothing but the virtue of her noble heart yet certes doth her appearance savour more of sadness than of joy then Amadis, raising his hands to heaven exclaimed o lord almighty let it please thee that i may be able to serve this my lady to her full honour and for my death or life let that be tied as it will take you no fear for that sir quoth Gandalin. For as God hath in all other adventures favored you above any other knight, so will he now in this, which you with so great justice have undertaken. With that Gendolin repaired to Agaius, and said to him as he had been directed. Agaius replied, This which my sister says is reasonable and shall be done. And if it has not been done before, it was only because these knights knew it was the pleasure of Oriana to live in retirement for her honour's sake, we will go speak of it to my cousin Amadis. So he went to Amadis, who answered him as one that had known nothing of the business before. Agraeus then went to the knights, and represented to them that it would be well if they visited Oriana to encourage her, for in perils like these even the brave sometimes needed encouragement. How much more, then, would feeble woman stand in need of such comfort? So they agreed that on the following evening they would clad themselves in goodly arms and mount their palfreys, having their swords girded on, all adorned with gold, and in this array proceed to the apartment of Oriana. Of this Agrius sent intimation to Oriana, and she sent to Queen Sardamira and to Grazinna, and for the other dames and damsels of her company, that they should make ready to receive them. Chapter 12 How Amadis and Agrius, and all the knights of high degree, went to see and console Oriana and the ladies who were with her, now, when these knights entered the apartment of Oriana, they all respectfully made obeisance to her, and afterwards to the other ladies, and she courteously welcomed them as beseemed her noble nature. Then Amadis bade Don Quadagante and Brian of Monchaste go talk with Oriana, he himself went to Mabilia. Agraeus conversed with Olinda, Don Florestan with Queen Sardamira, and Don Brunio and Agriotte with Crescinda, whom they with reason greatly esteemed. The other knights talked each with whom he liked best. Presently Mobilia said to her cousin Amadis, with a loud voice, Sir, send for Gandolin hither, that he may take my bidding to the queen my aunt and to my cousin Militia. You shall give it to him in charge, since it is with your embassy that he is going to Gaul. When Oriana heard this, she said, He shall also take my message to the queen and her daughter. Then Amadis called for Gandolin, who was with the other squires in the garden, expecting to be summoned. He came in, and went to Amadis and Mabilia, where they stood apart from the company, and after they had talked a while, Mabilia said to the princess, Lady, I have dispatched Candelin, see now what you have to say to him. Oriana then turned to Queen Sardamia and said, Take you, Don Cardagante, while I go speak with the squire. And with that, leading Don Brian of Monchaste with her, she went towards Mabilia, but as they came, Don Brian said with playful courtesy, as one who well knew what demeanour beseemed the knight, "'Since I am chosen ambassador to your father, I will not be present at a lady's embassy, for I fear your deceitfulness, lest you should impose upon me a more courteous manner than would be suitable to what the knights have given me in charge.' At that Oriana smiled sweetly, and answered, "'For this very purpose, Sir Don Brian, have I led you here.' That we may somewhat abate your choler against my father. Yet I fear that your heart is not so well inclined towards womankind that your purpose can any way by us be changed. She said this sportively, for though Don Brian was young and very comely, he was more disposed to follow arms and to the converse of knights than to hold talk with women. He indeed was ready to expose himself to any danger in defence of their rights, and he loved all and was by all beloved, but not by any one with particular affection so he made reply i shall fly from you lady and from your enticements lest i lose in little time what i have been long gaining so laughing left he oriana and turned towards grosinda whom he greatly desired to know having heard so much in her praise when Amadis saw his lady before him whom he so dearly loved and whom for so long time he had not seen for that sight of her on the sea in that great uproar he accounted as nothing his flesh trembled and his heart panted for exceeding delight and he stood like a man beside himself having no power to speak oriana saw his trouble and drew nearer and took his hand under her mantle and pressed it in token of love as though she would have embraced him my true friend quoth she and dear above all others in the world though fortune has placed me where i most desire to be in your power yet such is my ill-hap that now more than ever it behoves me to shun your company that this adventure which is so known abroad through the world may appear no ways injurious to my honor and that you may be believed to have undertaken it pursuing your duty and virtuous inclination in redressing wrongs and relieving the oppressed rather than from any other motive for if the true cause were made known a different judgment would be formed by our friends as well as enemies what therefore we have so long carefully concealed we must with yet more care continue to conceal till it shall please god to bring these troubles to the end which we desire Amadis answered for god's sake lady offer not to me any reason or excuse for what you think fitting for i was born only to be yours and to do you service while the life continues in the body nor have i any other desire or will than to obey your pleasure All I beseech you is that you would always remember this truth and command me as you think best, for that will be the best comfort and recompense that I can receive. While he said this, Oriana looked at him and saw that the tears were flowing down his face. Dear friend, quoth she, it is no new thing for me to believe what you say and how my heart returns this affection he knows from whom nothing is hid. But now it behoves to be patient, And I beseech you, even with that love which you have ever desired me to express, to put away these thoughts of grief and trouble from your heart. For one way or other, by peace or by war, our secret must soon be known, and then shall we be united even according to our desire. We have now talked long together. I will rejoin these knights. Do you dry up these tears and speak with Mabilia? She will tell you what we have never before found means to let you know and shall rejoice your heart. Oriana then sent to call Don Quadagant and Don Brian, and returned between them to her place. Amadis remained communing with Mabilia, who told him everything relating to Ersplandian, of his birth, and how he was carried away by the lioness, and how he had been bred up by the hermit. When Amadis heard this, he was as joyful as he could be. Lady and good cousin, he replied, as soon as the joy which disturbed his heart would permit him to speak when Angriotte and Don Bruno came to me at the house of the noble Lady Grisinda, Angriotte then told me this history of Esplandian, but whose son he was that could he not tell. Yet it came into my mind then what you had said to me in that letter which my foster-father Gandales brought to this island, that my lineage had been increased, and I thought it possible considering the time when your letter was written that this child might be my son. But this was only a thought, now after they communed together thus they returned to oriana and then gandolin took leave and set forth on his voyage and then the knights broke up the company and returned each to his lodgings end of book four chapter twelve